Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much Musical. I'm your host, Rishi Sinha, and today we have a very special guest as we are joined by Christy Filios coming in from San Jose, California. Ms. Filios, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, so let's just jump right into it. So that the high schoolers listening can learn a little bit more about you, can you give a brief introduction about who you are and what you currently do? Certainly, thank you. Hi, um, I'm Christy, and I am a college counselor at Basis Independent Silicon Valley in San Jose. Uh, this is my second year in the college counseling program, um, and I love the students that I'm working with. All right, yeah, thank you so much for that. And I think at least from a high schoolers perspective, we do have experience with college counselors um, because, you know, college has been a big part of a high schooler's like journey and career, but it's not like you don't come across a college counselor on your day to day basis. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you started out in college counseling or what ultimately led you to become a college counselor? So um, my journey to college counseling is a bit of a circuitous one. Um, I actually started in education as an English teacher um, and thoroughly enjoyed that. And um, along the way, um, I was at a high school that offered me a lot of opportunities to try different jobs. And so I was an activities director there um, twice. Um, I was moderator for a multitude of different um, activities, um, but an opening came up in the college counseling department and I took it and was a part-time college counselor and a part-time English teacher. Um, I did that for a number of years um, and eventually became the head of uh, college counseling there. And um, then an opportunity came for me to become a principal at another high school. Um, and so I left and I was a high school principal for 12 years. And at the end of that journey, I really sat down to think about what do I want to do next? Um, and the message was I wanted to go back to college counseling. Um, but at the time, there weren't a lot of uh, college counseling jobs available. And so I went to work um, at an international school as the head of school, um, but also got to do some co minimal college counseling with those students. Um, I decided to go back to school and I got my college counseling certificate from UCLA and eventually landed um, at Basis Independent and at Silicon Valley as the director of academic programs. And I was quite fortunate that at the end of um, my first year here, um, a college counseling position opened. Um, I was applied and, and welcomed into the department. Um, the reason that I knew I wanted to go back to college counseling, it was the my favorite of a multitude of different jobs I've done in education in the last 40 years um, was I really like the opportunity to work with students one-on-one, -on -one, still be in a, an educational setting um, where I have an opportunity to interact with teachers where there's high school activities, that type of thing. Um, but also that 
engagement that comes with um, the whole college counseling process. It's constantly evolving, so I get to continually get, have professional growth in the area um, through conferences, webinars, college visits, um, and I get to see students kind of through a process of a start um, to finish of that college journey and the excitement of seeing you know, where they are going to head off to um, college. So I know that's a rather roundabout way of answering um, the question. I never pictured myself when I started in education as a college counselor, um, but there's been so many things about it that have appealed to me that um, I really think this is the place um, that I belong within um, a high school setting. Yeah, yeah, that's great to hear. And sometimes it is those, you know, roundabout journeys that get you to like that job or that career that you know that you really want to pursue. Um, and so I had a like a follow up question. During this journey, did you ever consider college counseling for like externally? So, for example, not through a school? And once you answered that, I feel like another question that um, is pretty important is many high schoolers nowadays, they uh, have an external college counselor. So like someone like not in their school, what do you think are maybe like the pros and cons of having a college counselor in school versus one uh, versus having one outside of school? Great question. Um, no, I've I have never considered um, becoming what they call an independent college counselor. I think in part because part of what I really um, enjoy about the interaction with high school students is um, getting to know them not only over college counseling sessions or issues, but getting to know them because they're a um, a player on the school basketball team, or they're involved in the musical. I really enjoy the other aspects that come with working on a high school um, a high school site. So the other pieces of the education of a student, I think I would really miss if I was a, a independent counselor. The other piece, somewhat um, more on a personal level, is that independent counselors primarily work on in the evening and on weekends. Um, and I like the fact that I get to do my job <laughs> during during the course, um, you know, of a work day rather than give up my evenings and weekends. Um, you know, I think I think there's definitely a role for independent college counselors. Um, especially for students who may be in schools where the counselor-student ratio, you know, is 200 students to one counselor and they don't have the opportunity to have a lot of one-on-one -on -one contact with the students that they're working with. Um, I think that, so that I think is, you know, can really be a positive. I think perhaps the downside of it is that it can be hard for a student to maneuver between what their outside counselor is telling them and what maybe their school counselor is telling them. And, you know, ultimately what a student chooses to do, it's their decision, but they do need to kind of maybe always remember that the person who's going to write their letter of, of recommendation that 
college counselor letter of recommendation is going to be the the person at their school. Um, and sometimes I think students make the mistake of not getting to know their, their school college counselor very well, relying more on their outside counselor. And, you know, when a school counselor doesn't know a student really well, they may be, well, they can write a decent letter, maybe they can't write a great letter because they don't know the student well. Um, and so that's where I think, a, you know, a student needs to be careful. I think the other place where um, there can be some difficulty is that, you know, independent college counselors are obviously very good. Um, having known some, I know they do a great job, but on occasion, there are independent college counselors who basically will tell a student and their family what they want to hear. Oh, yes, you're going to be able to get into the Ivy Leagues. Oh, yes, you know, you're, you're going to have all of these results. And no counselor can, you know, promise that for a student. Um, and I think sometimes when people are getting paid often significant amounts of money um, to have a independent counselor for their student. Um, they don't always hear maybe a, as transparent a truth um, about what the student's chances are to be accepted at, at highly selective schools. Okay, yeah, I, I completely agree with that, especially where you talked about, you know, the counselor to student ratio at the school. Like if it's 200 to one, then it would be best to look for an external advisor. I feel like for me personally, I think that personal connection with your in-school college counselor is really important. So for like the high schools listening, Ms. Filios is my college counselor at Basis. And um, she'll come to all of our basketball games as I'm on the basketball team. And I'll, you know, I'll always say hi, like in the hallways or stop by our office to like give her an update on what I'm doing. And I feel like having that personal connection is way more important and it really strengthens the bond between um the 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 counselor and the student because you and i feel like that's really important especially because you are going to be doing a lot of work with them when you get into your senior year and you have to deal with all your college applications and all that stress so yeah and now that we've sort of talked about you know your journey um to becoming a college counselor i kind of want to shift the conversation towards you know what high schoolers can do to prioritize their chances to get into colleges that they want. Um, so I feel like the first question that should be asked should be, when do you think a student should start their college prep? So like, you know, looking into colleges or um, maybe standardized testing, not so much about, you know, writing the essays, but just when they should start to become aware and almost like nervous about college. Um. You know, I think it's never uh, it's never too early to start. However, I think, you know, students and their families need to keep in mind that, you know, the idea of, of college, students do start thinking about it quite early, but it doesn't maybe become quite as much of a reality until the students maybe at the end of their sophomore year, beginning of, of their junior year. So I think for families, having general conversations about, you know, college pursuits um, could and, and should take place, um, you know, throughout the high school years. But I think the focus um, 
probably for most students should come at the probably the end of their sophomore year. Um, the reason I say that is, you know, at that point, students are becoming a little more independent. They've built, you know, some of their own um, strengths and their critical thinking skills. They've learned a little more about um, doing research. Um, and college is becoming more of a real reality. Um, by the end of the sophomore year, you've also established kind of a your uh, grade pattern and other things. Um, so I think the heavy focus um, really should come in the junior year, um, but there are little things you can do prior to it. Visit some campuses if you happen to be traveling somewhere. Um, go on a few webinars to see what um, is out there in terms of um, college options. Um, talk to you know, people you know, friends, family um, that are in the college, you know, um, in college at that time to find out, you know, how did they pick their college? Um, but the real work, I think, and maybe the nervous time or, or when students need to become more serious about it, I would say um, during the junior year in high school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's great to hear. And, um, I think that that's, that's really, that's really true, especially in our school. We have, you know, boot camps, college counselor boot camps in sophomore year, but then, you know, you really start to meet with your college counselor towards the end of junior year. And then clearly I, in senior year, you know, we have college counseling almost every single day. Um, so the next question I have for you, it's, it's about standardized testing and most schools, are test optional now and I wanted to know your stance on like the whole test optional thing do you think it's beneficial or do you think it would benefit you know certain groups or yeah what do you think about the whole test optional um scheme in terms of college applications I personally I, I both personally and professionally think um test optional is an excellent way to go um I happen to be one of those students who was never a great test taker. So I always felt even going, when I myself took my SAT, I was not expecting necessarily to do, um, a, a, get a great score. Um, and so, you know, for people who maybe have that test anxiety, who aren't great test takers, obviously test optional is great for them. But really looking at it from the bigger perspective, um, you know, standardized testing is is just one measure of someone's ability and um it is obviously whether we want to use the word skewed or biased um it is it is definitely skewed towards more affluent students um students who go may go to you know um better schools where they're going to get more services to help them prepare for the test. Um, if you're more affluent, you're more likely your parents can send you to a test prep school. Um, you know, there's just much more greater access. And, and it's always been felt that, you know, the test was um, very ethnically biased and that there was almost a, a built-in um, positive factor for those of higher socioeconomic rank than, than those of 
you know, lower. So I think, you know, in terms of education, trying to level the playing field a bit, because there's only so many things the colleges can control. They can't control, you know, what family you were born into, um, your ethnic background, your socioeconomic background. But colleges can help le level the play the playing field by not using standardized test scores. Now, you know, I like the idea that it's optional because it really puts the decision into the hands of students as to whether or not they want their scores to be considered. And certainly for students who are great test takers and who have great scores, if I was in that position, I would definitely share my scores with the college. It's not going to hurt a student, um, you know, in any way. Um, but for students who maybe aren't the great test takers, who haven't been able to take press test prep class, maybe whose schools aren't offering the uh, most rigorous of education, you know, I think it's a boon for them that they also have that opportunity to say, I don't think my test scores are going to be the best indicator of the type of student that I am. I'm glad that that the school is going to be test optional. Um, and originally, there were schools prior to the pandemic who were already test optional. Some have been test optional for a lot of years. Um, but, you know, with the pandemic kind of forcing schools to become uh, test optional because people couldn't find testing centers, um, I think a lot of them are seeing that they're still getting very high quality candidates um, without those test scores being factored in and that um, test scores are just how somebody did on one particular day and fact of emphasizing what they've done over a year in a course or over their four years of high school is probably a better predictor of student success. All right, listeners, this marks the end of part one of our interview with Ms. Filios. I wanted to give a special thanks to Ms. Filios for taking the time to come out for the podcast. So stay tuned for part two, and I'll see you next time. That's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much a Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Kadala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.